Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs and the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Ken's 5 San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Hope you had a great weekend. And hey, hey Spurs basketball is back. No, 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 no more preseason games. All those meaningless games are over. The real deal starts this Wednesday. We'll be talking about the season ahead, looking at the first matchup against the Magic later on this week on Lockdown Spurs. But today, we're going to bring a fan on, do a fan episode, and get the pulse of the fan base regarding the Spurs after the preseason slate. Uh, talk about Luka Samanich. I know, I know, he's gone. Many people probably say, who cares now? But I think it's valid to bring up uh, what happened with him. And, of course, uh, our guest wants to do a little uh, comparison uh, using Josh Primo. Do that more. I'm joined by Danny Sanders, a longtime Spurs fan, and a guy who nailed a critical free throw for the Spurs at the AT&T Center. I, I saw that, Danny. And you know what? Contrary to what people might think, that was a one that, that was a one-off. We only got one shot to make it. Um, I, I, I was kind of, kind of nervous walking up. I'd never been on the Spurs court. Not, not, uh, not this one. I was at the old Alamo Dome court a long yeah. time ago, but we got one shot and yeah, I, I hit it. So, uh, kudos to me. If you want to see Danny knock down that shot, be sure to follow him on Twitter at Danny Sanders 80. Do it right now. Uh, he is one of the, uh, best, uh, follows when it comes to the fan base. He definitely give you his two cents and a lot, lot more. Danny, can you believe it? Spurs basketball is back in just a couple of days. That's just crazy. If, I feel like just yesterday we saw the Bucks walk off the court with the title. It's crazy because I think I saw something last week. It was a post celebrating the Lakers winning their their title a year ago, and it just seems crazy. Like it, it the the whole because of COVID and everything last mm-hmm. the the season before last uh, kind of melded into last season and what we have the Lakers and the Bucks winning the last two titles and it kind of just seems like one big title but yeah it's crazy to think that we're going to be back in two days I'm excited I went to the game on Friday have some thoughts on it so uh yeah I I, I cannot wait I cannot wait to see some real regular season Spurs basketball yeah and that is this Wednesday at home against the Magic but let's uh, dive into the pulse of the fan base right now. And, Danny, you're repping them today. You know how this works. And, of course, you're going to give us your personal thoughts. So with the uh, preseason over, five games done, uh, what, what what are fans thinking about this team now that they got a glimpse of what uh, could we expect when the season begins Wednesday night? You know, I think after Friday night's game, I think there's a cautious optimism amongst the fan base. I think it's one of those where, um, surprisingly, Pop kind of played it like a real game. It wasn't like the like the final preseasons of years past where he kind of yeah he he played he played rotation in the first half and then for the second half he'd kind of just play those guys that maybe were on the bubble. Um, but no, I, he he played he played the whole game the way a normal regular season game would be played, real rotations. Uh, he stuck with uh, the guys that I think we're going to see mm-hmm. for the for the majority of the year, and I I think after seeing the Spurs blow out a pretty depleted and and not very good Rockets team, um, I think that there's that that cautious optimism that hey, we're obviously going to be fun. We're going to be fast paced. We're going to be a we're going to be a different looked Spurs a, a different looking Spurs team from mm-hmm. what we've seen before as far as the youth and as far as just seeing this run up and down. I think we have really really 
strong potential defensively. I think that if we can get um, on the same page on that end, uh, things will really click click for us and we can really do some damage. And I I think uh, I, I saw Thad Young say something yesterday about how um, even even with as youthful as we are, we can really tire some teams out with with our fast pace. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think overall we're pretty optimistic. I still don't see this team vying for a playoff spot. I think we've said before, sure, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe the, the 11th or 10th seed maybe getting into that play-in, that play-in tournament, but uh, I can't see us making the playoffs and then actually ha- having the opportunity to go a full seven games with another, right. with another team. But I think it's still going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, is it safe to say that you um, slash the fan base are already resigned to probably more L's and W this season? I think that there's a certain resignation, yeah, that there's going to be more L's. Um, and I think I said it before, I mean, I I don't think, not yet, right? I mean, we, we talked about it probably a month or two ago. That first, those first six or six to ten games, it's going to be Murder's Row. I think the second yeah, or third game, bad. the Bucks, mm-hmm. the Lakers, we're going to have the Nuggets. I mean, it's going to be a tough, a tough row to hoe. Um, that those first, those first uh, two or three weeks. So I don't think we're going to be necessarily cheering for losses. I mean, as a fan, you always want the Spurs to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think generally, yeah. I mean, there's a, a general consensus that. Yeah, we're 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 not going to see those forty-five to fifty wins Spurs teams we saw uh, in years past. And you know, I was actually thinking about that a week or two ago. It really is remarkable whenever you look back on the Spurs legacy and that twenty-two year run of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to win fifty games. It really is. And year in and year out, the Spurs did it. Uh, I think what with the, with the exception of that lockout season, whenever we went mm-hmm. thirty eight and twelve, right, thirty eight and twelve or thirty eight mm-hmm. and thirteen, I think that was the only season that Tim didn't reach fifty wins uh, for his entire career, and that's that's truly remarkable. And, and I I think that that doesn't get talked about enough. And again, that kind of that that goes to his greatness, and I I think that that that's something that really should uh, again just elevate him to the top three to five uh, right. players to ever play the game. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those things where we're not going to see that out of this Spurs team anytime soon. I don't think unless we just really get lucky and hit a, gen- a generational player in the draft, right. but it's okay because again, it's going to be one of those things where we've been clamoring for it. A lot of fans have been clamoring for a, hey, let the young guys play. And we're starting to see that we saw that during preseason because really there's not really any other option for pop to, to for pop to pull from at this point. You either play what the young guys or are you going to play Thad and Aminu? I mean, we I, mm-hmm. it, it, it was weird. I didn't even see Aminu on the bench on Friday. I, I was looking for him, and I had to kind of scroll through Twitter to see maybe if I I missed some news, but I didn't even see him there. So I right. I think the writing's kind of on the wall there, but um, I'm excited nonetheless. Yeah, we might have yeah. more L's and W's in the year, but that's okay. <laughs> but, and that, that's what gets me, Danny. It, it, I don't say gets me, but it just makes me chuckle. Is what was it a few years ago? Was first fans were like, "Bring in the youth, bring in the youth, tank." How many of you heard "tank, tank, tank"? And then they're gonna do it. And how much you want to bet that Spurs fans are gonna gripe about it when they are getting their L's this year and be like, "You see, we should have kept Demar." We, you know, what is this trash? <laughs> well, this is part. This is part of a rebuild. This is what a rebuild looks like. 
you're going to go through these lean years. And guess what? One might be ahead. Now, look, I, I hope we're wrong. I hope, you know, the Spurs, you know, somehow sneak into the playoffs, make the play-in game. Who knows? But in a tough Western Conference and a stacked division, uh, and think about this, Danny, just in the Spurs' backyard, the division, you got John Moran, you got Zion Williamson's, you got the number two draft pick overall out in Houston, you got Luka Doncic, and who do the Spurs have? I'm not knocking the guys, they're, they're good players, but they don't have that star power as the other guys just in their own backyard. So, yeah, I mean, I mean are the Spurs going to pick up some bad losses? Oh, yeah, they are. But why do I feel, Danny, that there are going to be those games where you look on the calendar and it's like, oh, Spurs, for, I mean, you know, Bucks, whatever, you know, the defending champs, and they trounce them, but then it's Spurs versus Kings and they get, you know, destroyed by 20. You know, I feel like there's going to be those games throughout the year, Danny. I definitely think you're right. I think that we're going to be one of those teams that's they're going to going to play up to our competition whenever we have the Bucks and the Lakers, the Mavericks, and those teams that are considered upper echelon in the league. The the, the young guys are going to get up for it. They're they're going to get excited. They're going to get hyped. They're going to want to ball out. And 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 if it's a nationally televised game, which we don't have very many of them, I think we have like one or yeah. two on NBC. Yeah. But they're going to want to play well. And yeah. Uh, it'll be either a close game and we pull it out, or I mean, um, it, it'll be a, a close loss. But yeah, I could definitely see us beating the Bucks, or the Lakers, or the mm-hmm. Nets, and then losing to the Kings or the Timberwolves um, yeah. because it's going to be one of those ebbs and flows of, to the season to where we'll play up to our competition, but we'll also play down to our competition, and that's just going to kind of be one of those growing pains we have to kind of deal with this year. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS drop games on the market. Price Pick offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdown, even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projection. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Make sure to use promo code NBA and get yourself a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Price Picks allows big sports entries. You can take over the LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePick.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is the daily fantasy made easy. Does this sound familiar to you? You get one device that lets you uh, catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows while you watch sports highlights on your phone. And you got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Yeah, we've all been there. Well, I want to talk to you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch now your favorite sports, movies, and all the shows in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever, ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. 
You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You, uh, you know, we're going to transition to uh, some Simonish talking just a few minutes, but just one last thing about the season ahead. Who? Um, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think there's still a lot to talk about him, but, you know, but it's probably be the last time we talk about Luka Simonish and Lockdown Spurs until maybe the Knicks, if he's even on the Knicks roster when they visit San Antonio. But um, you look at the preseason games. uh were there anything that concerned you, the fan base, about the season ahead? For me, it was just still the big man department. I'm not knocking Yaka, but, you know, or, or, or Pirtle, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Drew Eubanks. But to me, that's still kind of a little uh, little iffy for me in a, in, a, in a league where they have Cat, where you have Gobert, where you have Joker. Or, I mean, the list goes on and on. Anthony Davis, Wiseman. It, it, to me, that was is a concern as the season is about to begin this week. Uh, were there any other concerns for you that you saw? You know, if if you've been following me for any any period of time, you know I'm not a huge Jakob fan, but um, I will give him credit here. Uh, this preseason, he actually played pretty well uh, offensively. I think even in a couple of games during that scrimmage and during that Magic game, uh, he showed he had good hands, improved hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always been strong around around the basket as far as defensively. I mean, he's definitely one of the better defensive centers whenever it comes to Pertoli in the paint. Um, so I think that that is um, that's good. But yeah, I think whenever you you, you look across the roster, um, the, the 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 pivots definitely are weakness. I think the 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 five is definitely a weakness that we have, especially whenever you consider what you're talking about. Yeah. Going up against Jokic, going up against Cat, going up against Aiton, going up against uh, even who, I mean, the Lakers have, they have uh, Anthony Davis, Davis. and yeah. um, Dwight Howard. So uh, whenever you look at our conference, yeah, we, we, we have um, other teams that have a lot better pivots than we do. And I think that that's really the big complaint I've always had with Jakob is um, yeah. He'll he'll block some shots and he'll help patrol the paint, but I think either one of two things: either he doesn't have enough help and he just totally gets uh, out muscled and outmanned down there, mm-hmm. well, like we saw in that play-in game last year against um, against Valanciunas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also he has no offensive game. So I mean, I think that that's definitely a weakness for us. Uh, I think another weakness for us is um, our bench. Uh, mm-hmm. In the years past, we can always rely on our bench, right? We had Patty, we had Rudy, we had uh, guys coming off the bench that sometimes it would almost seem like our bench was better than our starting lineup. And I think that that's going to have to be tinkered with throughout the year. Uh, uh, this past Friday, whenever uh, we had our last preseason game, we had that same starting lineup that, that Pops kind of used this preseason of DeJounte, Derek, McDermott, Jakob and Keldon, and I think that's probably what we're going to see moving in. And I, right. I've I've uh, I've appreciated and enjoyed seeing Pop Tinker with that lineup, to where he, you can see he staggered minutes with Derek and Dejounte, and he's going to have one of those two guys on the court uh, at, at at some time, um, which is good because I I think that that's that that's going to be beneficial for the team, and I think Derek's Derek's issue has always obviously been health. 
but I think that he has the ability to really run the team whenever mm-hmm. DeJounte's on, on the court, maybe a better shooter. Certainly, uh, certainly just as good defensively uh, as DeJounte. So they'll bring that, that, that change of pace, uh, but it's going to be a work in progress as far as the bench. I think Lonnie's going to come up, be coming off the bench. Um, I think he mentioned how he only played the first half because they're still nursing that injury coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of curious what's going to happen with Trey Jones, whether he's going to have a yeah. role in the team starting off. Because, yeah. I mean, fortunately, he lost all of preseason because of that ankle injury. And I was really looking forward to to, to seeing him progress because he had yeah. an extraordinary summer league. I think he was probably the second or third best player uh, throughout all of summer league. So um, that's going to be interesting to see. But I think our bench is definitely going to be a, a, a sore spot, a weak area for us, uh, which was not in years past. But that's going to be an issue where it's either going to be they're going to show up or they're not, and that's probably going to make the difference in some of these games. You know, I, I'm glad you brought up Trey Jones because, uh, you know, I think in order for him to go to the G League now, he has to agree to it. I think that's the way the rules are set in the NBA. I think, you know, after your second season, you know, you, this person's just got to say, like, hey, you want to go? And he has to agree. They can't automatically just assign them there. But, you know, aside from his – his injury that kept him out. Another thing that he could possibly be watching for is the, the rise of Primo. If Primo balls out in the G league, geez, you know, you know, whose minutes does he take? If, you automatically think, if, yeah. Yeah. If he balls, out. he's going to yeah, ball if out. He balls out. Yeah. It's G league. I mean, he's yeah. definitely going to. And I mean, I, I have seen the argument go back and forth. Like, should he go to the G league? Should he not go to the G league? I'm one of those where it's like, you know what? Play him, play, play him right now. He's ready. With he the varsity was, team or the JV? The crowd. No, no, no. On 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 the big team. On the on big, the big club. team. Okay. I mean, okay. He's ready to play NBA minutes now. All right. And whether you want to be of the opinion that he can be developed to where he can improve some aspects of his game to where we can use him down the line, sure. You can always you can always make that argument, right? Because every young guy coming into the league, especially as young as he is. They can always improve. There can always be room for improvement. There can always be different ways for him to improve in order for him to improve, whether it's going to be a facilitating aspect of his game, whether it's going to be catch off the dribble. I mean, whatever whatever that aspect might be. You can mm-hmm. always make that argument that, hey, send him to the G League. He'll have more reps. He can be, become better at doing this. And long-term, it'll be better, more beneficial for him. But here's the thing. He, he's an NBA player, right? I mean, he was drafted to play basketball. Um, whether he has multiple reps in the G League or whether he has reps here in the NBA, um, my thinking is, hey, that improvement's only going to accelerate if he's getting even limited, somewhat limited reps against NBA talent, against the talent that's able to play night in and night out in the NBA. And I think he can do it. I mean, he mm-hmm. he, he he really, I think... Turned, um, turned a lot of heads this, this preseason, not only here locally, but I mean, I think even nationally. Celebrate the freedom of choice with Built Bar. Did you know you can choose from many delicious flavors at Built Bar? Well, you can get coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, strawberry. The list goes on and on. There's definitely a flavor for each and every Built Bar fan. And hey, look, if you feel like you're going to miss out, they have the mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy too. 
17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That is pretty cool. Go to Built.com right now and get yourself 15% off your order. That's Built.com, 15% off. Once again, at Built.com. People thought, hey, I mean, Josh Primo, who everyone kind of ridiculed the Spurs for choosing at uh, number 12, uh, he's not as bad as we thought he was going to be. In fact, he's not bad at all. He's really good. Yeah. And I was one of the loudest, loudest people on, on Twitter that, that night that happened to mm-hmm. say, hey, what the hell are the Spurs doing? And I think they knew exactly what they were doing because he yeah. is a very good player, even at this young tender age of 18. And I, I think he, uh, his agent even mentioned on your show uh, a couple months ago, he's going to be the youngest, the youngest player in the NBA. That's Yep, that's uh, incredible to even think about. That at 18 we're already talking about this with him, but he has it. There's there's something about him. It's a certain swagger, a confidence, whatever you want to call it. But whenever he steps on the court, he's not afraid, and he's not he's not. He believes he belongs, and he does, and his game shows it. And I'm 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 excited to see it. I hope we don't see him in the G League for very long, if at all. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, just knowing operate he's going to be down there for at least a few weeks and i think i even mentioned uh two pods ago what's going to happen is they're going to they're going to send him down the g league and i don't think they're going to keep him there very long because he's not going to let them he's going to yeah exactly he he put up gaudy numbers Mm -hmm. and he excelled everything they have him to do and they should be bringing him back very shortly so i mean i hope we don't see them there at all but i mean at least it'll give, an, give us an opportunity to see him play major minutes there and uh, prove the Spurs wrong as far as sending him there because I think he can help the team now. We're talking with Danny Sanders. Follow him on Twitter at Danny Sanders 80 right now. Hey, look, we brought up uh, Primo. Might as well just dive into it. Um, you want to talk about comparisons. Um, you know, who, who does he project to be? Um, so, so who do you think Primo can uh, be? Best case scenario, worst case scenario, something in between? Well, I mean, it, I, I was thinking about it because um, I was listening, listening to an, an, another show and they did this, mm-hmm. this uh, interesting where they kind of said, hey, I mean, if player X had a career like player Y, would that be would that be deemed a success or a failure? So I was thinking about with our guys, right? So Josh Primo, right, he's 18, very, very obviously young, very new to the league. We're, I mean, We've we've seen just I think a glimpse of what he can do, so I think at this juncture, right? If 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 at this juncture the magic genie came down and said, "Hey, Spurs fans, you have the option to be able to say, hey, take it or leave it.' If we can have Josh Primo become this player here, do you think that would be good or bad? Would that be a success or failure? So let's think about it with Josh, right? He's six mm-hmm. eight. He's um, uh, a shooter. I think he has the potential to be a fairly good defender, uh, at least stay in front of his man. Let's say, I mean, not even the same position necessarily, but let's just say he has a career like uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf, right? Old mm-hmm. Chris Jackson. I think who who I think is probably the original Steph Curry, like for, for oh, those absolutely. NBA. Back and, and you in the know, 90s, he's still right? balling out in the big three. I mean, putting up. Yeah, you know what? He is. I actually had the opportunity to meet him in New Orleans a few years ago. Um, and I think I even posted the picture to Twitter whenever it happened, but really nice guy. I told him, I said, Hey, I, I said, I always, 
hated playing against them because even though he was in the Nuggets, and for the most part, we, we would always be the Nuggets, it was always scary to play against him because it, it always seemed like every shot that he would yeah. shoot, I mean, kind of expected him to make it. But let's say, okay, right now, Magic Genie comes down and says, okay, Josh Primo is going to have um, the potential to be Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf. Would that be considered a success or a failure? What do you think, Jeff? Success. I'll take it. You take you you take my move. See, and and yeah, if, yeah. He, if he's you, putting up those kind of points, yeah, spreading that defense, yeah, that. yeah. But but here's the thing. I mean, whenever you think about about Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf, the longevity really isn't there, though, right? Because I think he only played because what he went to LSU. He was drafted in yeah. 1991, I think, and I think he was out of the league by 97, 98. Now I know some weird things kind of happened towards the end. Uh, that whole standoff between he and yeah, Stern I, with I, I think the yeah that anthem. has a lot to do yeah his protest yeah so I mean maybe that game. kind of that kind of cut it short a little bit um, for me I'm gonna kind of say and I don't know whether I'm just being too optimistic and and kind of just drinking too much of the primo juice at this point um, I'm gonna say failure only because of of the longevity the longevity and mm-hmm. I think I think okay thinking about primo thinking about where he is now and where he can be in five or six or seven years. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. If, if Primo continues on the, on the tra- trajectory he is currently, I think at some point in the next five to six to seven years, he can be a top 10 player in the league. Wow. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. A top 10. Yeah, I mean, it, you think about he's, he has to stop growing. So he's going to get taller. He's going to get bigger yeah. because his body's going to mature. He's already used to playing levels of head of where he should be, you know, um, Alabama, you know, uh, the, the summer league, likely the G league. Uh, he's just a teenager. So his, his basketball IQ is only going to get better and they're going to let him gr- uh, grow at his own pace. So, but top 10, whoo. That's that's interesting, Danny. That that I was I was reading something. I don't, I don't. It was an article somewhere, but a a coach there in Toronto, a, a local coach. I don't know if he was at the Raptors or a local high school or or college, but he was mentioning. He said, "Hey, every time I saw Primo on the court, whenever and this was even before Alabama. I think this was back whenever he was like eleven, twelve, or thirteen. He said." Every time I saw him on the court, he was always the youngest kid, all right? And he mm-hmm. looks like a kid. He he still looks yeah, like a does. kid. I, think. I even joke sometimes whenever I, I, I post, like I, I use this picture whenever he was like 14 or 15, because even whenever he was 14 or 15, he looked, he looked like 9 or 10. But the this, this coach was saying, every time I saw him playing on the court, it was always against older men, whether they be 18, 19, to 30. But he, he, he mentioned about Primo, Primo he was never he never looked like he was scared or shook or he never looked like he was outside of his capabilities i mean he he played within himself he was confident and he played like he belonged and this is back whenever he was still 11 12 and 13 so that's only stuck with him and that's i mean whatever it is that's in him that kind of makes him believe like hey i mean i belong uh it's doing him well and again i mean i i'm i'm not even I'm not even I, I don't feel like I'm even going out on a limb by saying sometime in the next five to seven years, we're going to be saying Josh Primo is amongst the top 10 players in this league. And I mean, I, I really believe that. 
I mean, and, and I don't know if it's just because of the way that he holds himself, but I think he has that work ethic and that drive to where it's going to propel him to that point. And he's going to go down in the Spurs uh, projects as far as their, their draft picks, the same, the same, the same way Kawhi is. I mean, I hate mentioning the guy, but I mean, he, he, he was one of those where picked at number 15 and definitely didn't start off as a superstar, but by the time he, he ended his career here, um, he was what top three, top, top two right. players in the league. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I look at Primo, you like the foundation that he's coming in just to San Antonio with just already playing, you know, like we mentioned the levels ahead of where he may be, you know, theoretically he should be, he should not be, he should still be maybe in college, maybe just entering college right now, who knows? But yeah, I mean, just whenever he got on that court during preseason summer league play, it was just something. You can see it. That's just something that the box score doesn't show. You know, there was just something about the way he would get on the court. I mean, look at that. Didn't he play like the one of the final preseason games, like a minute or two, something like that? And like he did some like crossover basketball. We just threw it up three point line swish. I mean, that kind of confidence to go out there and just make the most of the the minimal minutes he got was just impressive but hey if you're you're comparing him to Makdulo Rauf or, or or just going to be a top 10 player I don't think many Spurs fans would disagree with you based on the little that we've seen but Danny I ask you is this still too much to to make of knowing that we don't have a fairly large sample size of him in action you know I don't think it is because <laughs> and 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 here's why I say that that it's not. All summer we've been talking about how this team doesn't have a superstar, right? All summer we've been saying, yeah, we have a team of good role players, but we don't have that guy, all right? And I think for the most part, uh, you 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 poll across Spurs Twitter, and I think again, I mean, the majority of us were excited about the year, but we're not necessarily saying, hey we're going to be a fifth or fourth or sixth seed, or we're going to make the playoffs, and we're going to make some noise. I, I think for the most part, everyone is kind of has this season in perspective to say, this is going to be one of those seasons that, yeah, it's not going to be a title run, but we're going to get to know who these guys are, what we have, and then next year we'll see what we can do. So here's why I don't think it is. There's nothing else for us to talk about at this point. There's nothing else for us to really get hyped or be excited about. So, I think a lot of us are kind of pinning our hopes on Primo because we see a player that was selected where a lot of us, maybe all of us, didn't think he should be selected as. And he turned, what, 90 to 95% of Spurs Twitter on their head by mm-hmm. performing so well in the summer league, performing so well in the preseason. And you know what? I, I, I don't think it can be minimized whenever you have this many people, this many coaches, this many people who have, who actually spend time with them, whether it be as agent or high school coaches or college coaches or even executives around the league, to say there's something about him. He ha- there, there's that it factor with him, and that, that, that can't be minimized. I think, I mean, whether you're an athlete or an entertainer or somewhere in business, there is something really true about having an it factor and he has it whatever it is he has it he has it in spades and whenever we're talking about it on this team because we don't have another superstar we have we have Dejounte, who i think at this point i i want to say he's probably our best player and he's fine he's a he's a good player 
Um, I, I, I think he's going to improve a little bit, but I think Primo has the ability to elevate his game and this team to where we want him to be again. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think in that regard, that's why it's not too much because really there's no one else to really talk about at this point. There's nothing else to really yeah. say, hey, yeah, I mean, let's get excited about this, that, or the other thing. With Primo, he really is giving us something to talk about. You're not going to get excited over um, Thad Young? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get excited whenever I hear he's been traded for a first rounder or something. Yeah, because exactly. I mean, I you know, he, I wanted Thad Young on this team like five or six years ago whenever Kawhi was still here. I think it was like 2013, 2014. I was talking to another reporter, and I was saying, hey, I mean, is there any possibility of Thad Young be, being here? Because I think there was some, some talks about there possibly being a swap back then. That never transpired. He, he was with the Sixers at that time. I've always liked his game, but just not for not not for this team. I th- I think this team they've had the vet help and the vet talks and the 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 direction that from from a vet they've had that ad nauseum the last two or three or four years. You and I have talked about Spurs culture, and I think it's ingrained within every player at this point. And the fact that we have Manu now, who's quote-unquote an executive I mean we've already seen him on the court during practice and we've seen Lonnie talk about how he's just chewing his ear off and asking questions and talking to him all the time and really kind of bending his ear and trying to get as much information and and glean as much wisdom from him as possible and I think that 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 Spurs culture that Spurs way is never going to leave as long as someone's present so to say hey we need that for vet presence you know you can only have so much vet presence. I mean, sure, he might add a couple of tricks here and there to someone's bag, but I don't think he's going to make a huge difference in that regard to where it's like, hey, had we had that, we could have won this game or that game. No, I mean, I'm sure he's great. I'm sure he's fine, but I think for a contender, he would be a lot more valuable than for us right now. You know, Thad Young in Spurs colors just reminds me of just somebody who just laid to the prom. It just, I mean, he would have been great, great, you know, maybe in that bridge era after the, the, um, the Tim Duncan era and the victory era where Kawhi was, well, at least at that time, we're thinking he's going to be the next. I mean, him and, and, and Kawhi and LMA, I think that would have been a really, really good uh, uh, core there of players. But yeah, I mean, look, as of this recording, he's still a spur. You know, he will, you know, I think the Spurs should play it right, like dangle him come trade deadline when the top the top boys the big boys of the, the nba already like fighting for positioning you know uh you know who's gonna get that one push over um that extra player and, and i think you know that's when you see the top contending teams like with chat with san antonio about getting that young away from them we are talking with danny sanders longtime spurs fan right here on this fan episode of blocked on spurs and look danny we're up against the clock here but this you're, you're probably here on you know you are here on lockdown spurs and likely the last time we talk about lucas ominich here at least for a long long time until he drops <laughs> until he drops like 30 or 40 on, on san antonio right which always spurs tend to do um right so so you know everybody knows what happened you know the spurs decided to let him go they cut bait and they say you ain't gonna work so good luck he's now a nick uh who knows if he'll be wearing Nick colors or their G League uniform colors, likely that route. But when the news hit, you know, how, how were fans? You know, what were fans saying? You know, did some of them kind of feel remorseful? Was it more of a thank goodness he's gone? 
in a nutshell, just just what happened? Why couldn't this guy get going to San Antonio? You know, I don't I don't know if anybody who follows me caught it, but I think the day after that whole Luca deal happened, um, I, I I kind of post songs of the day, and I think that the, the morning after I posted. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin's I Will Remember You for all the great memories that Lucas gave us in his two and a half year <laughs> tenure. But, uh, um, you know, I think by the time the news broke on Friday that the Knicks had signed him, um, you know, we were kind of all Lucas out, I, I think, at that point. I think first yeah. um, Twitter kind of had <laughs> spoke their piece and the two factions that either supported him or didn't support him either blocked each other or unblocked each other and blocked each other again. Um, and, and yeah, it, it was a big mess. But it was one of those things where it's like, you know what? Yeah, fine. I mean, best of luck to him and God bless and Godspeed. Um, I don't think he's going to play in the big club over there either. I think he'll probably play for the G League. What is that? I think the Winchester or somebody or the others. Yeah, the, the but, Westchester team, yeah. Westchester, there we go. The West, uh, uh, I was getting confused with the rifle over there. Um, yeah, the Westchester, whatever's, um, he'll, that, that's what he'll be. He'll, he'll, he'll be on their G league team. I, I just don't see the fit. I, I agree with you. I think you'd mentioned last week, he's probably going to end up in Europe at some point, probably next year, next summer, he'll end up with the European league and that's fine. I mean, that's, that's good. I mean, there's, there's some good leagues over there, not NBA level, but I think that's kind of the level that he needs to be at and play at. And, um, he's still young. He can put it together. Um, I mean, there's definitely no, no tear shed for him. I mean, he's essentially a millionaire and he'll, he'll, he'll play basketball for the next five or seven or 10 years. And I mean, he'll make a great career and life for himself. That's fine. But yeah, I, I, I just don't think that he was ever for the Spurs. Uh, and again, I mean, not to go back into the whole argument, the wasted opportunity, but it just, it just wasn't going to play out. So, I mean, he'll, he'll be with the Knicks for a while for their G league team and uh, he'll, scurry back to Europe at some point, I think. Yeah, uh, you, know, you, you wish the best for him. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the rare times where the Spurs uh, swing and a miss in the NBA draft. I mean, number 19, I think that's what stung more, was that he was a 19th pick. And if Kelden wasn't there and they whiffed on the 29th pick, I mean, it would have been a disaster looking back at that draft that for San Antonio. That, that would have been disastrous. And it couldn't come with a and it could have come at the worst time, too, uh, you know, in the rebuild. I mean, look, I thought, you know, the, the kid has the tools. He definitely does. I, and I, I still think it's just a confidence maturity level with him. And once he ever he gets to that level where he can put the mind and the attitude and his skill set together, I think he'd be a very, very a, a good NBA player. I don't know if he'd be a great NBA player, but just a very, very good NBA player. But like I said, Danny, watch, watch it wear Nick colors when this when the Knicks and Spurs play in the AT&T Center. He drops twenty and ten or something like that. Spurs oh yeah, are, no. it, it's it gonna be a war. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting whenever that comes up. If if it ever does yeah. come up, I mean, like yeah. by that point, he might he might already be uh, uh, playing basketball in Athens or something. So we'll see. Well, definitely see. Hey, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about the uh, Spurs after five preseason games? And your thoughts on Lucas Amadeus and Josh Primo. Do you agree with Danny that Primo can be a top 10 player down the road? You can let him know on Twitter at DannySanders80 right now. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. And thanks for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen of the day. 
And uh, for more NBA talk, go check out Locked on Celtics. My good friend John Corrales is bringing you everything you need to know about that Eastern Conference team. Go check it out. Danny, thanks again for repping the entire Spurs fan base. We'll be knocking on your door a lot more this upcoming season when the when the games really, really matter. You already talk about a losing streak more so than win streaks, Danny? You know, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 gearing myself up. I'm girding my loin for an eight or nine uh, game losing streak. But hey, as I always say, regardless of what happens, it's always going to be go Spurs go. Thank you very much, Danny, for your time once again right here on Locked On Spurs. So for Danny Sanders, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs.